Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one heart-wrenching plea at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell and my heart is dying. Uh, what? <laughs> because like, poor literally? Sam, poor, poor Frodo. Metaphorically. <laughs> metaphorically. Okay, I was like, oh my god. Do I have to, do I have to perform CPR right now? Because I am not equipped. <laughs> No, just my heart is breaking. Um, and today we'll be talking about minute two o two, which starts with Frodo um, drawing Sting, and ends with Sam, uh, leaning up against a door frame slash window. It's kind of hard to tell in the blocking. I don't really know. I think it's probably a window because we can see a window in the frame, but we can also see the edge of a doorway. Right. So, he leans up against some old stone, gets ready for that sweet, sweet monologue. That is over a minute long. But we'll get to that tomorrow. So, it's your Sam. Don't you know your Sam? It hurts. So, one of my my first note for this minute is, Sean Astin and Elijah Wood talk about in the commentary that there was more to this fight. I don't want to see that. And that they really liked it, like they went kind of hard, and they were sad that it got cut because it's not something you get to see, and they had a lot of fun doing it. But I don't want to watch Frodo and Sam fight. Right, I don't want to watch them beat each like, other up. That I sounds can't... horrible. Yeah, that's terrible. Come on, guys. It's, I don't wanna... it's difficult enough watching them, like, they, like, tussle a little on the way. They just roll down the stairs, and then Frodo pulls a sword. Well, because Sam, at the end of last minute, Sam is like on top of him and then frodo like rolls him over and then he draws sting yeah and in a shot that is meant to exactly mirror the way he pulls the sword on Gollum. yeah he's got the same expression on his face he's it's the same position Mm -hmm. but instead of showing mercy the aggression just grows until sam talks him out of it right and I really, really like the sound design across this moment between these two because the score drops out some and then it slowly comes back in. There's no score at all when you hear Sting hit the ground. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes like the sound design around that moment really makes the the emotion drop like you really feel it. And. That also, it also comes from the desperate nature of Sean Astin's performance. Although I do think the way that Frodo says, I just can't do this, sounds really awkward and stilted. Like, it's almost in slow-mo, but not quite. Yeah, it's, um... It's a little weird. It, it, something about it is off. Yeah. It, I think it's, it is slowed down. But I can't tell if it's... Like, just the way he said it, or if they purposely slowed yeah. his speech down. Yeah, they felt they needed to slow the, the line down for maybe the way... Maybe they needed to slow it down from what he dubbed for the ADR to match his mouth in the moment. 
Maybe it's just something as simple as that. I don't know. Huh. Like to make it match his mouth yeah. on screen. I can't do this, Sam. <laughs> Sam's like, I know. By all rights, we shouldn't even be here. Mm-hmm. Samwise Gamgee. I love him. <laughs> this... I can't imagine watching them fight longer no, I, than a no, few seconds. No, no, That sounds like... Like, I don't need to see them throw a punch at each other or anything. God, it'd be terrible. That sounds worse than watching Gollum get beat up. Yeah. And I hate that. You guys know I hate that. And there's just a little bit more of that left before the oh, end of the movie. Oh, God. Dang it. We get to see we get to see Gollum manhandle just a little bit more. I don't want that. I don't, just before the I movie's don't want over. that. But... I mean, I, there's not really a lot to talk about in this minute. Well, I think that the... Because the meat of this moment is the monologue. The 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 hopelessness is hitting Sam, too. Like, this moment for him is eye-opening because he... I mean, he had some idea of how far gone Frodo was before Frodo even realized... Like, their conversation in the the river. Don't you know who you sound like? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that this is also, like, a dark night of the soul for Sam. Um, I mean, he hasn't had his, like... Sam... Sam never really has the same kind of hopeless, all-is-lost moment as a lot of the other characters in these this movie do. This, these movies do? I believe that his is in this minute. His everything is uh, wrong. We should, By all rights, we shouldn't even be here. But because of what that leads to, I don't think so. I don't well, think this is a this isn't a darkest hour for Sam. Well, I think that it is. And then he quickly realizes that, like, even though he is feeling that way, also, that is not what he's here for. Right. So, like, you can have a moment of despair before you realize that, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing, like, maybe I shouldn't be playing host to this. Or, like, letting myself wallow in it. I think that he feels this way. I mean, Sam never wallows in his in his despair. Right. That's, that's why, just who Sam is. Right. That's why I'm saying, like, this minute, like, the whole minute is his, he has a minute and then he is like, okay, let's get back to work. Right, but that's what I that's also I guess kind of what I mean. Like he doesn't ever really have a darkest hour the same way that Aragorn and Frodo Right, he has a darkest do. minute. He has a darkest minute. Like he has a <laughs> Sam has just this one dark moment where for just just a second he's not sure if his friend even recognizes him. And then he pulls himself right out of it because he's Sam and that's just he he is in many ways a stronger person than Frodo because he's unshakable. Right. Like he he just bounces back so quickly. Right. He's a real hero, that Samwise Gamgee. I also really like the way the line is written. Um mm. because it's not like it's Sam, it's your Sam. It's your Sam. Don't you know you're Sam? Right? Oh, it hurts. And that, like... Oh, it's so That's good. the kind of line that launches ships. Oh, dude, this ship has already launched. Yeah, I mean, but that that's just the kind of line that it is, is just... It is, like, coming into harbor. It's its its on its return journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
You're Sam. (laughs) Don't you know you're Sam? It hurts me to see Frodo this way. Like, like shipping aside, like Sam and Frodo's relationship is so inspiring. Like even from like, whatever. There's lots of people that ship Frodo and Sam romantically. If you're not one of those people, like this moment is still valid in their, their like the depth of their friendship and their love for each other. Whether you read that as romantic or platonic. One of the things I like about the way that this moment plays out is that Frodo's emotion, he doesn't, there's not a, there's not a moment of like disgust in his face, which you would normally see in a moment like this, I think in a lot of other movies. Disgust with himself? Yeah, like disgust with himself over what he just did. He goes from like the anger to just at a completely drained loss. Like he just goes from anger to nothing. Like, from anger to despair with, like, nothing in between. Like, that's the way I read the the emotion across his face. Hmm. He just... He just jumps right to hopelessness. As soon as he comes out of it, he just... He's just totally defeated. Like, he just goes to despair. Right. And that's... Because that's all he has left. I think when he... When he is, um backing up like backing away from sam like that is his like it's not disgust i think it's horror at the fact that he has done this to his best friend yeah that makes sense like i feel that yeah i i I think disgust is the wrong emotion yeah i think he's horrified at the fact that he has done this and then Gollum is just skulking in the background as golems do. As golems do. He, well, he's bound. Like, his wrists are bound. Yeah. So the, the golem animations from here on out for a little while are reused from uh, facial expressions from the Dead Marshes, too. Oh, okay. Uh, from when, from the scene where he's given back his name. Uh-huh. Like, some of the some of the movements and facial expressions starting here are reused pieces of animation because they realized they needed to put Gollum in this scene. Yeah, because it's, otherwise it's like, oh, where's Gollum? Yeah. So it was kind of a last minute thing to just put him in there skulking up into the background (laughs) and then have him standing in the back or like skulking, I guess, really crouching in the background. Yeah. Because that's all Gollum does. He crouches, he skulks, slinks about. He can't really do anything anyway. Yeah, his hands are still bound. Right. So. I mean, even with his hands bound like this, if his hands weren't bound, this would be the moment where Gollum could take the ring and run. You think he would? Well, Gollum is back. Like, yeah. Not just, not, not Smeagol right now. Gollum is back. I think, well. But he might not risk it with a, with a wraith nearby. I guess, like, because we see more of him tomorrow. Yeah. So. I'll, we'll, we'll talk I'll, a little more about yeah, Gollum tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll save it. But yeah, I don't really have any more notes for this minute in particular. I do think that this minute has a really good example of how how sound sound design helps a scene land because it's not just that the the score drops out around frodo dropping sting or or just it's not just that it's the way the score slowly comes back in as sam starts to speak and the way that we you you can really kind of feel some of the weight of sam as he stands up in the way that they they did the like the gravel sounds and you can hear a pot and a pan clink together do you think that 
sting hitting the ground is a little too tinny. A little, but I think you have to exaggerate noises like that in sound design. Right, but I it sounds. It's a little. It, it, I. It's a it little sounds, echoey. It sounds um more like one of those uh you know those those blue aluminum camp plates. Yeah. It sounds kind of like that to me, instead of like steel. I feel like... I mean, it is supposed to be very, like, flexible elven steel. Yeah, I, that's true. Like, the elven weapon... And it is it is technically a dagger, I guess, but, like... Yeah. Still, that, that would mean, have yeah. some heft to it. There's a bit of a wobble to it, to the noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, like a plate. Yeah. I mean, they probably... It sounds like one of those bowls hitting the ground and, like, wiggling a little. To me. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe they actually built... A prop sword made of like a similar metal to drop, but because of just the acoustics of a soundstage and the bend of different metals, right. it just yeah. kind of comes out sounding a little tinny, a little. So warbly. I think that um, the like drawing attention to that that sound doesn't ring haha true to me mm. um, as much as some of this other sound design in this movie. This, this whole moment just feels very heavy, and honestly, I think the tinny sort of sound effect contributes to that. Yeah. That's fair. I've just always thought that, like, that sounds lighter than I imagine Sting would be. I mean, no, I, I imagine... I mean, a real longsword is only a few pounds. Right, but, like, like you have, like, than, a, really. like, a, like, a dumb decorative knife. Like, if we dropped that on stone... I feel like it wouldn't make that same sound. No, that the one I have also has a full metal handle. Yeah, so does Sting. Well, Sting has like leather and all of that, but yeah. Well, we get a good glimpse of the sword in this minute. Let's or actually, Sting has like a wooden uh, embossed handle that the metal is wrapped around. Let's see. Sting is so pretty. I yeah. love the design. Yeah, of Sting is a very pretty sword. It's almost shaped like a leaf. Well, yeah, it's an elven dagger but yeah i it is a very pretty blade the the wave up it and everything oh yeah i guess it's yeah but there's like the wood and then the it has metal. a metal pommel yeah so and wood is heavy i don't know i i think that the way a sword hits the ground would be kind of warbly especially a wider sword yeah I as guess opposed so. to a skinny i mean like one. i don't have a sword i mean i guess we do have a sword laying around but like not yeah, one only of because this I'm a nerd scale. And buy anime swords, but... <laughs> yeah, I was like, we don't really have swords laying around, and I was just like, oh wait, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, but swords are really not that heavy. Like a like a I think like a British long not British, I guess, but like a, a long sword, like the traditional kind of long sword you think of, only weighs a couple pounds. Right. It well, only feels so heavy because it's long. Right. Right. But still, I don't know. I always imagine Sting with a little more heft to it. Especially mm. because of the way he handles the sword. Especially in this minute. Where well, a sword shaped like that, too, would probably feel heavier than, even more heavy than it, than it would normally. Because it has a wider middle of the blade. Yeah. As opposed to the base. So the weight is even further from the handle, like the center of mass. Yeah. So. Like, that might not actually be a very practical weapon. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't I, guess... I don't advise you drop your replica sting on the floor for science, but you know as you do 
But I, I think if the metal is flexible enough, you will get more of a a bounce back and forth than just a splat. Mm-hmm. Especially, uh, de- especially depending on the material of like the the cross guard. Yeah. Whether or not that's going to cause it to bounce back and forth. True. And then, like, granite, like this appears to be. I would expect more scrapey sounds. Oh God! But that would that would hurt like like i would expect a little more scrapey sounds and like the sort of sound that you get when you like grind two pieces of rock together underwater uh, what just like that clack oh no like the grind oh, if you grind oh. two pieces together underwater yeah. it's very like and because you're in the water too like it conducts through your body so that's part of why it sounds so weird i also always really Kind of like, but also find funny how exaggeratedly long the chain with the ring is. Oh, yeah, Depending no on what needs to, like, what dramatic th- shot that we need. Yeah, because when we see the ring under his, like, under his clothes in other shots, the the chain is, like, shorter, pretty close to his, like, his collarbone. Yeah. And right now it's like at his belly button. Yeah, it's almost to his navel, so. Good job. But that tracks with, I guess, that tracks with the shot. Well, not really. <laughs> like pulling it out to put it on. Yeah, and put it yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just not a lot of consistency in the length. Because if this is how long the chain was, uh, it should have been dangling much further from Boromir's hand. Where do you think, where did this chain come from? It must be probably from Elrond. Because... Because Elrond isn't going to want to touch the ring, right? It's it doesn't it doesn't have a chain in the fellowship scene until the Council of Elrond, until after the Council of Elrond, because it has it's on a chain when Boromir picks it up, right? But like Frodo needs it around his neck. Yeah. So, do you think this chain, the chain itself, is magical? Maybe. Do you think it's like Mithril? I don't think it's Mithril. No. No. If it was a mithril chain, Gimli would have made some comment about it. It looks like mithril. It's just a fine chain. It's, it's the shiny. I think there's just an inconsistency in the chain. Well, I don't no, think I'm like to read I'm like legitimately because because we've never talked about it before. But like, do you think the chain also has magical properties? Maybe it's... the ring is just manipulating it. How? Well, the ring is is an incredibly powerful magical thing. So the ring can like is a metal bender. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> the ring changes its own size. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. But, like, can it... It doesn't change the size of that metal clasp that Frodo is wearing. Why would it Why would it have to? I don't know. It just needs to change the size of the chain so that Frodo can put it on without taking the chain off. So you think that's evil ring magic and not crazy elf magic? Right, I think it's evil ring magic. Okay. I'm just saying, I think Elrond would have, like... I think he'd have a mithril chain. Because if it was a magical elven chain, it'd be like magic elf- elvish rope. It'd only come undone when you wanted it to. So it wouldn't have fallen off the mount- off his neck in the mountain. But what if it wanted to? But but no, 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 no. It, the elvish rope only comes undone when you want it to. Oh. So, okay. That's, that's what a, I'm saying. That's a magical ring, like evil, evil, ring evil ring magic. magic. Not, not okay. crazy. Not, not See? helpful elven magic. Evil ring magic. Taking stuff from the text. <laughs> Using it for your argument. There you go. Heck yeah. I yeah. don't know. I just, I've, we've never. 
Yeah, the ring is just the the chain the ring is on is just not consistent in life. It's just not. <laughs> Would you say that this argument is off the chain? <laughs> that was terrible. I know. I feel bad. Even by my standards, that was pretty bad. <laughs> this podcast is off the chain. <laughs> getting crazy up in here oh my god listen <laughs> we are over 200 episodes into this movie we sh- i can do whatever yep. i want yep we're we're over 200 episodes in and we're getting close to the end <laughs> we're almost to the end of the movie we're getting close oh madness it's like three weeks i don't know i think the chain's pretty it is it's a i nice was just chain. you know we've talked about the inconsistency and but it's like I'm just caught like, on his cloak or his button, his button or something yeah it's like caught on his on his shirt, so it's hanging a little awkwardly. You know. So you think that the ring is a metal bender? I think that the ring can, the ring by extension of its ability to try to free itself and manipulate its surroundings, I think maybe lets it pull on the chain to make it easier for Frodo to like be tempted to put the ring on. Yeah, can you? We imagine- also know that the ri- that the chain can just be pulled off his neck. Right. Can you imagine how, like, inconvenient that is or, like, distracting? You're just, like, wearing a necklace? Or it could be a visual metaphor for the literal weight or for the the mental weight that the ring is putting on. Well, I'm just thinking about, like, literal evil ring magic, like, manipulating this piece of metal. Like, you're just walking. Goes all the way down to the collar of his his jeans. He's (laughs) just like, boom. Frodo's just trying to live his life. Just go for a walk, and then like and the it ring's just keeps, trying to trip him with this chain. He just keeps like growing and growing, and he's just like, for real. Why are you doing this? Like he's trying to check on the the. It's like a Mary Mary Poppins carpet bag, but he's just like pulling it out of his shirt. But like if the ring really wanted to bother him, it could just be like, I'm as big as your head now. I don't think it's like petty like that. You don't think uh, the incarnation of, of all of Sauron's hate is petty? I do. I don't know. Do you think he's a petty bitch? <laughs> uh, clearly, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, man. That's, like, if he wasn't petty, he wouldn't be literally trying to enslave all the races of the planet. He's ambitious. He's also, he's also, like... Jealous and petty because he is a Maiar like Gandalf. And my believes, ring is the prettiest ring, and no one else's ring should work better than I'm mine. I'm also a superior being as old as creation. What are you doing? Bow to me. I mean, Gandalf doesn't do that. Exactly, because Gandalf's not a petty bitch. Saruman's a petty bitch. <laughs> yes. Anyway. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. <laughs> yeah. it's Sauron just, is Regina George. It's just Sauron. Saruman and um, uh, Denethor. Yeah, they're, they're the mean girls. <laughs> Hashtag squad. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're from the website DuelingGenre.com. Check us out there. Check out some of the other uh, Dueling Genre podcasts, uh, such as Geek by Night. Um, we have a brand new um, announcement in the feed regarding Geek by Night Season 2, and that's super exciting because I love that show, and I love working on that show. Um, and if you love that show, tell your friends, please. Tell and them all. And thank you. Tell uh, everyone you know. Check out Protagonist Podcast, Doctor's Companion, immunities, uh, having a friend for dinner, etc., etc., etc. And we'll be back tomorrow with the start of Sam's 
iconic monologue. Ugh, it hurts me. It's it's a good hurt, though. It is a good hurt. It's an optimistic pain. Yes. Bye. Bye.